What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of It's Your World. I'm your host, Jordan Brown, a.k.a. Uptown Jordan Brown, a.k.a. Dane Allen, a.k.a. Big Buckets Brown. Um, Still working on that last one. I feel like I've been working on that last one for the past two years. Somebody sent me a new nickname. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing, man? Welcome to the latest episode, man. Appreciate you, Jasmine Hardy, for coming to be on the show. Um, I know you were on your summer vacation. You you, you kicked it out here in Chicago for a minute. Uh, you happened to, you know, say yes. You want to do an interview on It's Your World. I appreciate that. I know it was your first podcast, but it's always dope to have a um, Miami alum on. I know we had a lot of uh, love from the Miami uh, Black Alumni IG page. You know, they um, celebrated the episode. Really uh, appreciated Jazz for being on. And then Seth over there, uh, MU Black Alums page. Thanks, man. I want to continue to try and get more alumni on. And actually, Jazz wasn't the first alum. The first alum that we did have on the show um, was Samantha Callender, and then myself, I did the interview, so I guess I'll count myself, <laughs> but um, thanks for coming to check out the next episode with Miss Erica Switzer, appreciate her for being on the podcast, now this, this is an interesting story, um, Erica is a comedian, she's an African-American, black, uh, woman comedian, and she's dope as fuck. Uh, we had a few open mics that we were on together. Well, I guess you could say it that way. Like, you show up to the mic, you sign up, and you go up. And Erica came into town from China. So she's here for a little bit, back home in Chicago. And she, she talks a lot about that in this episode. Uh, what it's like to be overseas and teaching and doing different things like that. And then, like, in a way, being a um, pioneer for their uh, comedy over there. Really um, appreciate her. Again, for coming to be on the show. I think this is a very interesting episode, guys. Um, it's kind of quick. It's not It's not a long episode. We actually, you'll hear it in the background, too, of this episode. You'll hear um, a little bit of noise there. We did this a live recording. We did this live recording at the Riddles Open Mic on Monday night. It's a Riddles Open Mic on Monday night. So, um, if, you, if you're a comic, you want to come out to, you know, work on some bits, some hot bits, and some jokes... Uh, you can uh, actually just show up there. The show starts at eight o'clock. We got a new guest, Mr. Eric uh, Pennell, and he um, he likes to start on time. So make sure you are there. Uh, I, I really enjoy going to that open mic mainly because it's where I started doing comedy at back in like 2016. So um, I really just um, hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Hope you take a lot from it. It's really I think it's more just Erica explaining. Uh, who she is, and um, just how she develops her material and things like that. Uh, I really, I found it interesting, one, because she kind of has, we talk about this too in the episode, she kind of has, like, everything down when it comes to, like, where to uh, position the cameras when taking pictures on stage and, and the record your sets. And it's just stuff, like, even me just being in comedy for three years now, you, you're, you want to fine-tune those things. You want to make sure you do get... A good angle when it comes to I sound like one of those Instagram models like the angles a good angle uh, when you're when you're on stage and things like that I mean look just listen to the episode let me know what you think about it I really hope you guys appreciate it and also if you want to follow Erica you can follow her right now while you listen to the show on Instagram 
at Erica Switzer, E-R-C-A-S-W-I-T-Z-E-R on Instagram. And you can also follow the podcast and uh, myself on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the podcast is at It's Your World Pod underscore I-T-S-U-R-W-O-R-L-D pod underscore. And I am It's Jordan Bruh. I-T-S-J-O-R-D-A-I-N-B-R-U-H underscore. Check it out, man. Um, and don't forget, I also have a show coming up. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, I got a show coming up next month. Uh, that will be September 26th. That's 10 p.m. at the uh, Ashbury Comedy Cafe. It's 8695 Archer Ave. Just, I mean, if you can make it out, let me know. If you can't. Let me know. I'll probably try to record that set too. Just get some new um, video and, and po- hopefully put some things up on uh, YouTube coming soon. But uh, yeah, appreciate you guys checking out the episode. Thanks for all the likes and the repost and everything like that. And uh, yeah, here's the show. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> What's the flight like from where where you at in China? The flight? Yeah. So United has a non-stop Chicago to Shanghai flight that runs daily. Daily? Yeah. (laughs) How many hours is that? 13. 13 hours? 13 hours non-stop up in the air, yes. This is a lot of rest, I see. (laughs) Well, you know, usually I, I do pretty well on plans. I'm able to binge watch a whole season mm. of something and then knock out for the other half of the ride but uh i had the noisiest most energetic little like third graders sitting <laughs> in a row behind me this time and so absolutely no sleep on this point. no sleep when do you head back <laughs> i'm heading back at the end of august okay so you got a little month here well you were here in mid-july right that's when yeah. i started seeing you at riddles yeah um miss erica switzer uh, mm-hmm. Glad to have you on. I uh, just wanted to give you a little props before we start everything off. It is amazing to actually have uh, African American or black woman comic come into a room or open mic where you got guys that come in here week in and week out and just take over the room a little bit. Uh, appreciate seeing you up there and just you know doing your thing and with the confidence like been doing this for years that's what it feels like when you're up there on stage I, I don't know how long you've been in, in in the comedy game as they would say mm. I've been doing it almost two years two years and wow. uh, for the past 10 months 11 months it's been just straight grinding ever mm-hmm. since I started getting on showcases in Shanghai okay just trying to knock it out so I've been on all ladies showcases started up uh, co-founded um, uh, a black comedy crew nice. and we were putting regularly putting on uh, sold out shows and it's out there in shanghai doing it out there in shanghai that's, that's doing pretty it, dope doing that's it for us dope. doing it for us what's the reception been like for that the reception was very good very good reception um it, it's one thing to talk about shanghai in terms of like the expat community because i do a, a few jokes about it it's about one hundred fifty thousand expats and still maybe three thousand black folks and when I say black folks, I mean people from all over the diaspora. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, but it was so cool to be able to connect with the other black comedians there, uh, get some of them started up on their way, started to do showcases with us, and to put on for a group of people that look like us mm-hmm. and, and not have to 
uh, sidestep any connections. Just go direct to right. it. You remember that? You remember that back in the 90s? You remember that Uncle Luke song? <laughs> you know, and just have fun with it. I feel like watching on stage, it seems like it's been longer. That's why I was like, I feel like she's been doing this for years. I might need to ask her support or something <laughs> to help me out. Because I think a lot of times when you're, when you're up there at open mic, sometimes you can be like kind of chill and relaxed a little bit. But it was like straight poised and confident from the get-go, from the Thank couple you. of sets that I've seen you do. Um, I don't know where you want to start. I mean, are you originally from Chicago or is this a second home? So I'm... Um Born and raised in Maywood. Okay. I think it still counts. <laughs> I think that's still technically Chicago. Right. Um, well, close to the west side, so I, I'll give you that. It depends on how far down. What is it, First Avenue or Madison? You exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right there on Washington. Okay. okay. Um, I have a lot of friends and family on the west side, so I spent a lot of time on the west side when I was growing up. And I went to high school in Aurora, went to college in Lake Forest, mm-hmm. so I went to grad school in Chicago, so I'm a Chicago girl for real. All right, all right. What's it like taking Chicago with you all the way over to Shane? Because I know how it was. When I was in college, I, when my friend, she told me, I recently saw her, like, uh, I think it maybe was a year ago. She was like, you were kind of, you were all about Chicago. It got to the point where it was like, it's kind of annoying, but... <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like when you when you come from a place like Chicago, it's, it's rich in comedy history, stand-up yeah. comedy history. And, and even if you look into, like, the south side of Chicago, the west side of Chicago, and then you got Second City, too. Mm-hmm. Um, has that influenced you or impacted the comedy for you out there or just overall just being from Chicago? It's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think growing up in the Def Jam era mm-hmm. and being able to see Bernie Mac do his thing, uh, that was huge for me. Okay. And knowing that we've always had a strong black comedy presence in Chicago, I'd always kind of wanted to be a part of it. Mm. And it didn't dawn on me until a little bit later than most people, you probably should be doing some comedy. <laughs> so it feels really good to be home and, and doing it at places like Riddles. Uh, I do feel like I take Chicago with me everywhere I go, and it's part of being proud of my city, mm-hmm. part of being proud of my upbringing and mm-hmm. the rich history that we do have. Um, although he's not black, he is one of my favorite comedians for various reasons, but I am a diehard Stephen Colbert fan. Okay. And I know he spent a lot of years in Chicago, a lot of time at Second City, and that really helped him get his start. Um, so that's one of my favorites. I used to watch Saturday Night Live all the time when I was little. Uh, probably from the time I was like 8 through 15. Mm-hmm. Always up 11 o'clock watching Saturday Night Live on a Saturday night. And uh, always admired the comedians on there um, doing their thing and knowing that they all came from Second that so many of them came from Second City. Have you spent any time in Second City at all? I went to the training center for open mic a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it was really cool. Yeah, that, that mic is interesting. Yes. <laughs> Only... <laughs> Only because I think it's one of those places where you can go and you can have a list that's like 20, 30 people sometimes. And that that kind of lets you know if you're really about this comedy thing or not instead of comedy thing or not. Because really? you sit through there for hours and hours to get up there. And then it's, I think they only give you three-minute sets. The last time I went, but it was so many comics mm-hmm. that, I mean, you, you kind of had to go in there and really, like, hit your jokes head on, boom, 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 you know. So, I don't know. I think... Um, Another reason I really wanted to sit down with you is just I know your your background is in education, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of know how does that transfer 
into being on stage doing stand-up comedy? Uh, is it something that you can work on your skills? And you got that language barrier, so it's like, <laughs> are, you, are you cracking jokes up there for the kids and everything like that? Make it enjoyable, and I feel like that makes you probably a cool-ass teacher. <laughs> I, would, I would agree, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I would agree. Uh, the, my first teaching job in China was teaching Chinese kids. Mm -hmm. And I had a mixture of kids that were either local schoolers, so they were beginners in English or, or slightly intermediate, and Chinese kids that go to international schools. So a lot of them already had very good English skills up and, mm -hmm. up and running. So trying to help break and bridge the language barrier, getting, having fun with language, you know, one of the big things in comedy is word economy. Okay. I'm teaching kids how to be better communicators overall, mm -hmm. speaking and writing, and trying to stress word economy. Um, now I teach English at a French international school, and I was making a joke about it a couple of weeks ago, but it's true. We really do get into the classics of literature, but I'll loosen up every so often and say, so this is how I talk with my friends and family. Right. We do say finna. <laughs> you guys keep writing gonna, and I keep telling you it's to finna. stretch it out. I'll give you a new one, finna. <laughs> well, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, fixing to. <laughs> what is fixing to supposed to happen? That's probably the next question. Exactly. It's right in line with going to. Right. Right. <laughs> And then it really did have, like, the cutest little quirky blonde boy in my class say, ooh, ooh, Miss Switzer, yeah, so I'm finna go to my next class. Mm -hmm. It's like, very good. Get <laughs> Excellent. <a> <laughs> so, yeah, I try my best to have fun, to do jokes wherever I can. I'm very transparent with the kids, and they do know that I do comedy. So occasionally they'll say, please make a joke, please make a joke, make mm -hmm. a joke. But I'll just do it naturally if something comes up. The kid has a funny response or... Even when they're messing with each other, like, oh, look at your shoes today. I'm like, ah, solid burn. <laughs> you know, I really do try to, <laughs> to have fun and, and, and let kids shine, you know? Mm -hmm. I think um, when, when, we're, when we're on stage doing comedy, you, you kind of try to take your material and come up with all kind of different things. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've been stressing for, like, this past, these past couple of months with a few episodes is, like, the idea of how culture intertwines with your comedy and everything. And then you're working with the youth. So I, I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain on exactly how, how are the kids responding to things going on in the world today and then, like, how does that intertwine, intertwine with what you're doing on stage as well? I'm really fortunate because people might not know this, but French kids are pretty woke. <laughs> they are very opinionated. Some of them are informed by the way that they've been raised, but a lot of them have their very own minds and their own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so one time my 10th graders, mostly <laughs> girls, very strong, very independent, they were totally dismayed when that abortion bill was passed. And they were so up in arms about it. I said, hey, look, I want you guys to get this out. Go ahead and talk it out. How do you feel about it? And there was one girl who was more conservative-leaning, but she was very uh, understanding. Mm -hmm. And she said, this is the way I was raised. I have my religious beliefs that say that it's wrong, but I see the need for it, and I understand your concern. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a day to just sit back and let them have discourse right. in um, 
the best way that 15-year-olds could have in right. this course. So, no, that my kids tend to be really thoughtful and really, really understanding. And uh, I try to stress empathy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the literature that we've done over the past year, To Kill a Mockingbird, A Wrinkle in Time, uh, A Monster Calls, mm-hmm. I've really tried to stress empathy. And you go ahead and imagine yourself in this lead character's shoes. How would you react? Right. Did you expect that reaction? Right. Um, so it's really cool to, to have them be thoughtful like that. And how is everything influencing your material? I feel like a lot of guys and other comics get up there and it's, it's Trump, Trump, Trump all day and everything like that. One thing that was relieving to me about you getting up there, it wasn't all political. It wasn't all politics. And it was kind of personal. I think that, 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 that might be where a lot of comics are taking themselves now with material just mm-hmm. because it gets kind of old just talking about the same stuff over and over again. It's really old. It's so old. As much as I love Stephen Colbert, I watch <laughs> him and then I know some of those same jokes are going to be on The Daily right. Show. Some of those same jokes are going to be on Seth Meyers because of how old it is. Mm-hmm. I avoid it mm. all the time. Mm. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I have my own thoughts and opinions about it. Right. But I would much rather put on stage real tales from my personal life, which a lot of them are, not overly embellished, mm-hmm. or just you know make up jokes from my experiences. So I think that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like a challenge though, because you can sit in an open mic and you know you have the same some of the same type of material, like you said, we're watching the shows, mm-hmm. and then you have people get up there on stage and they do the same type of jokes too. So exactly. I, I think it challenges me as a comic to come up with different things. I wonder, like, how does it how does it feel for you? Is it the same thing, or is it something different? For me, one of the things that I worried about, even from those first open mics, being in the middle of Shanghai, China, uh, going up in front of crowds that were, you know, half local and half expat from all over the world, though, mm-hmm. wondering. I don't see a lot of people that look like me in this crowd. How am I going to be relatable? Right, right. So that's one big reason why a lot of my comedy is personal. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, that's got to be. How was it just going out on stage the first time in Shanghai? Just I, I don't. <laughs> I feel like you're already nervous a little bit. <laughs> You're talking about crossing boundaries and borders with mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of comics say, I, I did, uh, what is it, they, they do the one with the troops, support the troops, and they mm-hmm. go over, you know, but, like, to how, how did it feel to first go on stage over there in Shanghai, not knowing what to expect, you know? Like I said, crossing borders. So you got cultural differences and a lot of different things like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started hanging around some of the comedians at a certain comedy club. And for the most part, they were almost all American. Mm. And I would listen to their jokes, and I would hear what they were doing and try to figure out, how can I fit in with this? And they would always nudge me. You going up? You going up? And I'm like, no, I'm not going up. I waited and waited until Halloween of 2017. I had a speaking engagement before. We were all kind of dressed up for it or whatever. So I had the head wrap on. I had the little sarong and some jewelry. And I was like, I'm ready. So I get on stage and I say, guess who I am? Nobody could guess. An American singer. Oh, Erica Badu. That's right. Mm-hmm. And if she's, well, for the Chinese set, I'm Erica Baidu. <laughs> Is this how they pronounce it? The Baidu search okay. engine. 
And I said, if these jokes don't land tonight, I'll be Erica, but don't. <laughs> so I was like, boom, that's it. Go ahead, give them a little something that the locals can relate to. Give a little something for everybody else to relate to and just keep going from there. And ever since, I was just kind of bitten by the bug and just miking. <laughs> so like I said, I was surprised that you said two years. I was definitely thinking that you've been doing it for a while, but when you're in education, I guess you are in front of people talking, and it does come a little bit natural for you. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, another question I wanted to ask is, how does it feel to come into, I know it's a lot of buzzwords that people are using nowadays, and it's like you're in a different environment, uh, you're in a different space. You know, How does it feel to come into a male-dominated profession and do amazing, like excel greatly at it? I know myself. Mm. I know who I am, and I know who I am when I get on that stage. Mm -hmm. And I make it my point that everybody who's in the crowd knows exactly who I am by the end of that set. Mm. And nobody can take that away from me. And I don't think, uh, I don't like the stigma of, oh, females just aren't funny, women just aren't funny. Uh, if you guys do an all-ladies show, of course you're going to attract crowds. And I get very used to that. We have some very strong female comics over in Shanghai, mm -hmm. um, and we would do these ladies' shows once a month. Most of the other time, there's there's a lot of guys. <laughs> the show bookers do a very good job of mixing things up and putting a, a set amount of males to females on shows. Mm -hmm. So the representation is there, and it's not something I ever really worry about. But yeah, you're right. Coming into here... The first time I came into Riddles a couple weeks ago and noticing I'm the only female around, like, okay, I have no other choice but to be me on this mm -hmm, stage, mm -hmm. right? And so that's that's just the way I look at it. I think the, the, the main thing to take away from it is, like I said, the impact mm -hmm. of, of, of your set. And to get the last one open, I think a lot of people go to open mics and it's like, oh, I'm working on new material, but it's like, you need some sometimes you need for that to hit <laughs> you yeah. need some jokes to hit but you could go up there and do a I mean a well polished set at an open mic and it feels it gives you that comedy show vibe yeah uh, I think that's one thing that I admire about seeing you up there on stage it's like Thank oh you. wow like she's really up there killing the rest of us with her material <laughs> well I've some of that stuff I'd written recently because before I came home, I was in Mongolia. Mm -hmm. So I had to write a few of those jokes to appeal to that audience and, and, and get them comfortable with me and my set. Uh, so to be able to take those bits, mm -hmm. bring them here, and then just do them on the stage, it feels good. What is it like taking, making cultural references in other countries? And is that a challenge for you to bring... Because, I mean, do you feel like you're involved in that? Or is it something that you're just experiencing, uh, just being from the States and going up there and performing? We get a little comfortable sometimes, I think, being from the States and feeling like the rest of the world knows exactly what we're mm -hmm. doing. But that's not always the case. Mm. And, for example, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Right. I can admit that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a Star Trek fan. Okay. But if I get on the stage and I say something about Star Trek, there's a less likelihood over there that they're going to know what I'm talking, talking about. about. And if I say Star Wars, it's totally different. Now, as far as being a black woman, then it's how am I presenting? What am I doing tonight? How do I look? Uh, let me talk about this wild and crazy hair for a second. Uh, I could talk about being curvy. You know, <laughs> it's, it's those immediate things that you know and you see that you can talk about. 
Uh, but again, I feel like getting personal and getting them to know me, then it's like, oh, okay, all right. So maybe we're not so different. <laughs> yeah, I think, and that's that's another reason I want to have you come on. It's just that I never spoke to a comic or somebody, a performer who's been in other countries and really just been like, this is where I started at. And then mm-hmm. bringing up, you know, just I, I kind of want to get that feel for what's the experience like from that point of view. I think um, you can kind of get to a point where you're like, I did well over there. I know I could do well over Is that what it was like? That confidence came from there with the comedy, or is it something that you built up over time? I mean, two years is a lot of material. It is. It is a lot of material. Um, I knew I was going to come home and enjoy my summer break and not have to teach and all that good stuff, but I really wanted to put my nose down and hop on stages and see if the material that I've been working really does work with an American crowd. And so far, so good. Has it only been here in Chicago, or have you been anywhere else, or is it just you just came right home from uh, Shanghai? My first, uh, just staying in Chicago, and then I lined up um, a show before I got over here. Went to Comedy Shrine mm-hmm. in Aurora, did Game of Thrones. Within a day of touching down, won Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, Game of microphones. microphones. So I was like, all right, this could work out. What this was that like? I feel a lot of people, I see, they, they go and do that competition. They're like, well, I didn't expect to win. I think it was you. You posted it. I saw it on my Facebook feed. Uh-huh. Excuse me. You posted, you won, and then Marcus posted the next week that he won. What was that experience like? It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was totally unexpected. Going up there, seeing, like, some old road dog veterans and being like, oh, man, that dude's over there killing. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? <laughs> and knowing my eight that I wanted to do and, and, and work in the crowd like I like to work in that particular set, I think that's what helped put it over the edge for me. So it was a fun experience, though, but I was like, man, these guys are good. <laughs> I, I, like I said, that's that's one of the things that is kind of cool when you come to mics like here at Riddles. And you see different comments like, I've never seen you at open mic. And then you just go up there and like, okay, you got to break it tonight. Because it's after, after you set the bar for where everybody was, like, I feel like after that, everybody's set was just like clicking. And we had, like I said, a nice little vibe. And I think we'll probably get that same thing tonight, too, at the open mic. Hopefully. I mean, I want to um, also ask you, influences. I know you said you were watching Def Comedy Jam. That was, I probably shouldn't have been watching that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Exactly. I think I was like eight or nine. I don't know. I, I knew I was young. I might have been younger than that watching that. I think that was at HBO. Yeah. And they would have that come on weekly. I think it was every Friday night. Why do I remember that? No idea. But that, <laughs> that tells you how much I was just like enamored with it. Like people can actually get on stage and get paid to talk. Yeah. Um, but like influences, favorite comments. I know you said Colbert. Mm-hmm. You talked about Bernie Mac. Um, and, and it's pictures all over the wall here. So I know you can probably draw from them too. Definitely. One of my biggest influences, and I think he's criminally underrated, is Robin Harris. Mm. And this is also showing my age. My dad used to have the Baby Kids tape. You know, they posted that, or I think Complex posted it's been 20 something, 27 years. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember watching that too on HBO as well. (laughs) He played it so much, and I listened so hard and cracked up so hard, and I had certain bits memorized. I was like, this is. This is good stuff right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, getting a little more edgy with it, I would say some more and Adele Givens and Lou Nell mm-hmm. are pretty big influences, especially because of how raw and real they are. Right. 
And again, watching them on Comic View and yeah. I think Queen's Comic View. I know she she traveled, I think, with Cat Williams for a while. Yeah. And I saw a couple of her acts too. And just once you get into comedy, I think the one thing is you always view you're viewing these people from afar, mm-hmm. and you kind of get involved in it. You, you see yourself up there. Yeah. And you record your sets, you listen to them, you watch them if you record them on your phone with the video camera. But what is that experience like for you? Just working on material, what's your process and everything? It's starting to feel surreal. Mm. I'm doing it more often. I used to just listen to the audio playback mostly mm-hmm. uh, because I wanted to listen hard and hear my beats and get my rhythms down. But to watch myself, it's starting to feel surreal. Um, very fortunate that we have a great crew at uh, Shanghai Comedy Bunker. Uh, if I can give a shout out real quick, I'll go give ahead, a shout ahead. out to Ian Badenhorst for his support and helping us, pushing us, making us look right, <laughs> <laughs> making me look fantastic. Um, it's definitely something to be mindful of. How am I really presenting on this stage? I am knee high to a duck. I'm five foot three <laughs> on a good day. But I like being able to say, I know that was a good set because I'm owning the stage. If you guys hear anything in the background, recording this uh, live podcast recording at Rudolph's Open Mic, we got the sound crew. Uh, it's just Jim. <laughs> Jim Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably doesn't even want to be called that, but he's not the sound crew, it's just Jim. But um, yeah, I think you kind of get into that vibe of studying yourself a little bit. What, what is that like for you? got to be really mindful about it got to enjoy replaying the good sets yeah. <laughs> got to take stock and replaying the bad ones say all right here's where i messed up was i standing on this side of the stage too much mm. was i pacing too much was i fidgeting was i only talking to one side of the room you know really just checking those mechanics out and working on it for the next time and it's funny that you said it because i saw a couple of posts that you posted where you were on stage and i'm like she knew exactly where to put the camera because <laughs> it just looks it looks good uh and it was a great set and you, and you got to see it. all right well she knows she's got she's working her angle on angle mm-hmm. on the stage i only say that because i did record a set that i did i think it was maybe that same night and i had the camera in the wrong spot i'm like it looked too far away it's not <laughs> just it was just it was me looking at you and your work and then saying, okay, well, you need to be working on some things, too, dude. Like, this is, and, and I wanted to have you on, too, to say, hey, you're making me a better comic, too. Just the, the two or three times I've seen you on stage here at the open mic just really made me think, like, you need to be working on a few different things, not just being on stage, but that idea, like you said, the stage presence, where you are on the stage, where you're placing your cameras to record and take pictures and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, she's got it down, and that's something that I can kind of pick up from. Hey, that's all good. A shout out to Phil for hooking right. up and holding the camera last See, time. Because I know you saw it, he's like, this is a great picture. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it on Facebook, I was like, like, yes, this is dope. Um, what other influences do you have? What are, are you reading anything? Are you, are you listening to different music? Like, what, what do you take in, you know, sit down and, and write? You know, what's that like? I think my favorite podcast so far is Let's Talk About Sets. Okay. Which has been tremendous as far as uh, the different themed shows and how they can help with everything from hot topics to crowd work to stage presence uh, dealing with difficult subjects dark material all that Mm -hmm. stuff it's been really good 
a really nice teaching tool. Um, I haven't really, the last time I read something, I read Jeff Ross's You Only Roast the Ones You Love because we were doing our first Shanghai <laughs> Roast Battles. So I wanted to learn a little bit from the master and understand his writing practices and hear some of those crazy stories he had about, uh, you know, the friars roast and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, wound up coming third in that roast battle. Okay. <laughs> so nice so you can heat too a little bit from Chicago slang. <laughs> a fifth grade dirty playground <laughs> roast if need be. Talking about somebody's hair looking like it's running away from their face. That kind of stuff. You know, I really wanted to to be ready for that and branch out and, and get crafty with it. I think that's one of the, the topics that I talk with a lot of comics. It's like, where, what do you feel like you are right now with comedy? Because I, I was talking to a young lady yesterday I interviewed and I was like, you know, just doing comedy and stand-up, you don't think you can really do it until you get up there and you try. Yeah. And you have to be honest with yourself and say, you know, I thought I was lunch table funny. You know? mm. <laughs> <laughs> then you get up there on stage, you say, okay, well, complete strangers think I'm hilarious. So, yeah. you know, it could be because I'm the big funny fat guy, but, <laughs> you know, how do you feel about where you are right now in comedy? I feel pretty good about it, and I know where I want to go from here. Mm. I'm at the point where I've done several long sets now, 15, 20 minute sets. Right. And I just want to keep building my material, staying relatable, mm. having more cool experiences in life to draw from, and, and say, then just taking it from there. That's those the long sets are the ones that really get you. They get you a little fired up. They get you amped. Like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then you gotta think about it. It's like, can I do this again? You know, yeah. Can I do it again? Can I do it again? You know, that idea of about of about uh, coming up with a half an hour of material, and. Even if you blank out about where you were able to keep that going. Right, right. But um, another thing I ask each guest, I don't know, I think we got about, oh, we're probably about a half hour in, uh, 20 minutes maybe. But I ask each guest where they are on the Kanye West confidence level. <laughs> now, see, that opens up a lot of different things. You can talk about whatever you got to say just from hearing that. Go ahead. Mm, I am on late registration confidence oh right wow okay i think okay. that's pretty pretty accurate and why do you say that I, it's one of those okay so if the kanye scale and and one is college dropout so that's most confident <laughs> college dropout i mean okay first three albums are classic i don't mm -hmm. care what anybody says even if they think late registration isn't as great right i love it nevertheless right those first three classics my beautiful dark twisted fantasy mm. the magnum opus <laughs> in in kanye's discography uh i feel like in five years <laughs> mm -hmm. i'll be up at that magnum opus level if i stay grinding the way i've been grinding mm. uh so that's what i'm saying right now late registration right now feels feels right so as we move to wrap everything up, if you want to put your social media out there and uh, any shows you might have coming up or anything. I will definitely keep everybody updated on any shows that I might have coming up here in Chicago or in China by my Instagram. So my Instagram is Erica Switzer. That's one word. E-R-I-C-A-S-W-I-T-Z-E-R. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so much for the invite. This is funny because it's the second time we've done this. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, guys, I know at the end there, like, we were recording, and all of a sudden, it just stopped recording. Then we, we had, like, a good 20 minutes of content. I don't know that sounds content. Um, but we had, like, 20 minutes of recording that did not make it on this episode. So forgive me, Erica. Uh, maybe next time you're in town, we'll sit down, we'll talk again, and, um... You know, just get everything going, man, and, and, and get the conversation going. Because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure, by then, you know, things have changed for kind of the both of us when it comes to comedy. Uh, also, uh, again, guys, thank you for checking out this episode. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the plays. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for liking the Facebook page. Don't forget, we have a Facebook page. Go on Facebook, like the page, uh, share, share an episode, share your favorite episode. I think we can do that right now. Share your favorite episode of the podcast. Let me know um, which guest you enjoyed the most and who you'd like to see on the show again. Uh, also, I have a show coming up September 26, 10 p.m. Come check your boy out, man. And, uh, yeah, you can also follow Erica Switzer on Instagram at Erica Switzer, E-R-I-C-A-S-W-I-T-Z-E-R. And make sure you also follow the podcast page on Instagram as well, at It's Your World Pod, underscore, I-T-S-U-R, world pod underscore and then don't forget to follow your boy on instagram and twitter as well at it's jordan bruh underscore i-t-s-j-o-r-d-a-i-n-b-r-u-h underscore appreciate it um yeah man if you like the show let me know if you don't like the show let me know tell a friend and don't forget to let me know which one is your favorite episode of the podcast appreciate it have a good one talk to you next week